Hi friends, I'm Adrian. And I'm John. And welcome to the Love the Process podcast. We've been married 12 years, 11 good ones, and have four awesome kids. My career has centered around process improvement and leadership development. And I'm the CEO and owner of an insurance company and real estate team. We are working to become better versions of ourselves every day, and we invite you to join us as we share our journey and the lessons we have learned in life, business, and figuring out how to love the process to becoming great. Let's go. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. We are excited to be with you in this new year. And I know that, that everybody wakes up on the new year with a new sense of possibility. And we feel we would be completely remiss, don't we, Adrian, to not spend this time to talk about probably my favorite topic, aside from faith, goals. Goals. And our family. Goals. And I talk to them about goals, so they kind of go hand in hand. We are going to talk today about goals. And, and I like to approach New Year's, and I like to approach new seasons. As the new year is a new season. I, it's not the New Year's resolution. We're not going to give the New Year's resolution talk here, but we're really going to unpack the idea and the importance of setting goals. Okay, so last week we talked about the power of routine and so creating habits that are happening within your subconscious, right? That having a day and the process in which the day goes, it happens within your subconscious. So now that you understood kind of what a habit would look like and what your day could look like run through habits, then your brain is now freed up to start thinking about some of those more bigger audacious goals. And so that's what we want to cover today. Totally agree. And, and, and the other thing is every week on Love the Process will probably be a, man, you should listen to week one. You should listen to week two. It, it is a progression, right? Love the Process. It's a progression. We need to know what our mission is. Week one, if you haven't heard it, what's my mission? If you haven't contemplated it or contemplated it again and again and again and again, till you come to a mirror, man in the mirror, woman in the mirror, here's my mission. Here's a quote I've got. A man without a purpose is like a ship without a rudder, a waif, a nothing, a no man. And then a quote by Nietzsche was said, he who has a why to live for can bear almost any how. And when we're talking about goals, when we're talking about the pursuit of possibilities, we will always be met with resistance. It's not a matter of if a goal will be met with the resistance. It's just a matter of when and how often and how much resistance. And, and typically, the bigger the goal, the more resistance that you will face, especially if you're a little reckless in your approach to sharing your goals. And we'll talk about that as well. You really have to have a belief in, in the goals that you set. And should we take them back to the beginning of goal setting where, where, where I first learned how to set goals and, and kind of was, you know, living in Bellingham and sure. Tell your story. Okay. So I was delivering pizzas for little Caesars and, uh, and I was living in this one hundred dollar uh, a month room in Bellingham, and and I was it was uh, a closet. It was a closet. It was actually yeah, it, and that's why it was a hundred bucks a month, which <laughs> might be two hundred bucks today. I, I don't know. It was about two thousand, and and I was taking ten credits at Wacom Community College. I was passing five. Um, I was uh, every night. I, I was out at the bars, and and I was I was spending time in reckless ways. And 
and I was really, and I was trying to journal. And this is something we we haven't talked much about, this idea of just writing about our daily experiences and our thoughts and ideas. But I was trying to journal. I'm like, man, I'm looking for a strategy, a solution uh, to to get better results in my life, right? One of the lessons I learned when I got to Bellingham was everywhere I go, there I am. And I, I can't outrun myself. And so when I, I was looking in the mirror and, and I, I was probably hungover and, and I was tired and, and I, was, I was really spent, somehow I, I come across, and this is the thing that we talked about last week, of just continuing to move in, in the midst of whatever's going on, that, that the circumstances of my life is not my life. I didn't know that then, but it's my encouragement to anybody listening to this podcast going, oh, man, your life sounds great, and man, your kids sound great, and your family looks great, and the pictures are good, and all that stuff. It's not, first of all, perfect, but second of all, it's, it's, it's really started in this season of not knowing how anything will go. And, and so what I read was this, this study, and, and I'm just paraphrasing what my recollections of it were is is it was 30 years since they had graduated and so it was roughly 1999 i want to say and they had measured three things of this class of say 30 years before 1969 and three things that they had measured one was they measured people's aggregate net worth so they took those that set goals first of all let me step back three and a half to four percent of them actually set goals on paper on purpose and reviewed them at least quarterly that was the metric i remember and, and so three and a half to four out of 10 people or out of 100 people did that. And so one of the metrics was aggregate net worth. So they took the aggregate net worth of those that did set goals on paper and reviewed them for 30 years and stack it up. And it exceeded that of the 96%-ish that didn't. And that was staggering to me. But then the second one, so not average, but aggregate. The second one was cumulative hours spent in the previous year, volunteering, mentoring, and or giving back to their community. Time spent giving away to their community. Aggregate hours, the 35 to 4% in excess of the 96% combined, which was totally counterintuitive to me because I would have thought, well, those that stacked all the money, must have, that, they must have been so focused on you know, the accumulation of that net worth that they wouldn't have time for anything else. And yet now I'm seeing that same group of people are also consummate givers of their time. And so the third stat that kind of just put the nail in the coffin for me, and, and I'll talk about what I did on the back end of reading this, which is set goals, is they, they studied health, happiness, and relationships, family and, and or other relationships. And it was a one to a hundred, and so it's qualitative. You get to pick you know, I'm 90%, I'm 90 on this, or I'm 85 on this, or I'm 100 on this. And on average, those that set goals over the previous 30 years and had tracked them were 22% in, X in increase on average than the non-goal setters combined. And I was like, holy cow. Like, it seems so simple to me that all they did was set, if they, all they did was set goals, why wouldn't I Instead of journaling, although I kept doing that as well, I used the same journal as I was heading to Bellingham, as I'm writing to myself as a 19-year-old kid saying, man, you got to get your shit together, dude. Like, like what is going on? And, um, and I started writing 
goals. And, and what I put on my goal list, and then later I iterated the list to say if it's God's will, um, but I put things to do before it's too late. And, and I, would, I put down simple things. Get your associate's degree. Get your bachelor's degree. Get a law degree. Get married. Have three-plus beautiful kids. I didn't have their names down. Um, you know, I can go on and on on this list. And I wrote down roughly 30 goals. You know, some of them were, you know, go to Africa, run a marathon, run a half marathon, learn to fly, own a business, own a boat, um, and on and on. And, you know, it's, it's unbelievable to me that less than 20 years later, I wanted to live on a lake and or a golf course. And somehow we ended up on the water and on a golf course. And so we'll, we'll talk about the journey of those iterations. And you, but you've got to be flexible to the route. That's one thing I know for sure. For example, law school. I was working at Country Insurance at the time and can't believe I plugged them because I was really frustrated the way it ended, but that's all right. Forgiveness is key. Okay? And I'm working at Country and, and I, I, I leave to go to law school. But the way that I got into law school with a you know 3.3 GPA online and a moderate LSAT score, there's a lot of guys who and gals who had scores like I did who did not get into Seattle University School of Law. But a friend of mine came into my office at Country, and he said, he said, man, I've been talking to the admission director at Seattle U. And he said, uh, she, she's heard your story, and she would like to meet with you. She knows your grades aren't that great, and she knows your... LSAT score was so-so. And by the way, previous to this, I've applied to six or eight law schools in sunny places because Live in Cali was on my list. But then that was the, I'm not sure if this is God's will or I just want the fast life. And so I've applied to like six or eight law schools in California and I've, and I've not gotten into a single one of them. And so he says, she, she's available for you to meet on Tuesday. And I go and I meet with her, and then I meet with her again, and I meet with her again, and I meet with her again. And that summer, I enrolled in Seattle University School of Law. And uh, as a matter of fact, I just had the opportunity to go back there on Sunday and work with a program called Choose 180, which works with youthful offenders. So now we're on the second metric, right? We're on that, that try, and I'm not trying to toot my own here. I'm just trying to give you the fruit of what happens when you set goals. I'm back at Seattle U. I'm working with 26 kids who are under 18 who made a tough choice. Uh, either they got in a fight or, you know, assault charge or truancy. They're not going to class or they stole something or drugs or alcohol, typically those four. And just choose 180 gives them the idea of understanding. We teach them both goal setting, which we're going to talk about today. And we teach them decision making, right? That moment where you make a choice and how to, how to set goals and line up those goals to make better decisions so that they don't need to be in this position again. And in exchange for, with Choose 180, they get the charge uh, isn't brought forward. And, and it's fun that the prosecutor is there, and, and, uh, and he, you know, everybody takes and throws on like a, a thing of choices that they made in their life, whether they were good or bad. Um, well, it was often crappy choices, right? And he had a bunch of glitter on him just like I did on me. And we're in a position to help these kids. So that is where I really started to learn the power of goal setting. And, and I would, religiously, I went monthly. I said, I'm not a quarterly guy. I, I need all the help I can get. So I said, at least monthly, I'm going to review my goals. 
And I would, all I would do is look at the goal on paper as I'd written it and I'd put a dot. That's it. I just put a dot next to it. And there was a little box to the left. And when I would achieve the goal, which would take a while, get your associate's degree, whatever, I'd check the box. Yeah. I feel like there's, you kind of touched on two different kinds of goals there. I feel like there's sort of vision casting, longer term, big, audacious goals that you had on that list, but you also had kind of more actionable, tangible, specific type goals. So I really, I like, okay, so Rachel Hollis kind of walks through how to do this. And so with a, with some of those larger, big audacious goals, she words them in the present tense. And I really like that thought. So I'm going to, I'm going to use that example as I'm going through one of my examples. So for example, if I wanted to say that I want to become the best wife, instead of saying become the best wife, I would raise that in the pres in the present tense. So I would say, I am an amazing wife. Currently, I'm an amazing wife. And so her philosophy is that it's something that you're already living into and that you're saying it to yourself in a way that you're already living into it. So yeah. if that is one of my big audacious goals that I am an amazing wife. You're already you're already there. <laughs> so nice. Get another get another goal. <laughs> then something like specific or tangible that I want to do as a goal in order to kind of work on that larger vision setting goal is like right now, one of mine is that I want to go on 35 dates with John before I turn 36 before my next birthday. So that's something that I can, yep. I can mark off, right? I can count. I can see whether or not I'm being successful. I think for me having anytime I'm thinking about a goal, especially, you know, we do this in business as well, that anytime we're thinking about a goal or a strategy or, um, you know, a metric that we want to measure, we want to understand how do I determine if, I, if that's done? How do I check it off? What's done look like? Mm -hmm. And then we also want to figure out how am I going to measure progress? What's something that I'm going to look for on a frequent basis? If you're looking at your mm -hmm. larger, more audacious goals and you're reading them to yourself to continue your vision or your you know, direction towards your mission, if I have a more tangible goal, how do I determine whether or not I'm being successful on a day-to-day -day business, on a day-to-day -day basis? Yes. Right. So if we're talking more like a metric, we might say for my 35, I want to go on 35 dates. I might say 52, there's 52 weeks in a year. So roughly I have to go every, we have to go on a date every other week. Right. And so I could literally write that out and then I could check them off. Like, how am I doing towards that progress this month? Am I red or am I green? Did I accomplish that too in that month or did I miss? Do I yep. need to make sure I catch up in order to hit my one year term goal? Yeah. And, and I would say totally agree. And, and I would add that, that the big audacious goals are similarly, they have the similar concept, right? We have to bring it down to the tangible what's next, right? I call it the NAI, right? The next action item. Every goal should have a tangible next action item attached to it. And, and so some goals, they, they, they stack on each other, right? Like, like law school. I, I first had to get the associate's degree, right? But in order to do that, I, I got to get back down to, well, I need to register for class. Okay, now that I've got classes, I need to show up. Mm -hmm. Now that I show up, I need to, to study. Now that I study, I need to take a test. And so the interesting thing is oftentimes we will be pulled in the direction of written goals. I do a thing called three by five, three goals in five years that you want to accomplish with guys, and we've never missed. And I mean, it's, it's unbelievable sometimes the way in which the route will come. 
And, and so I, I think that I, Adrian and I are a great combo in this because I think there's, there's probably some truth in everything that both of us say on this front, but I really want to hammer in on like the idea of the greater danger. I believe it was, uh, it wasn't Da Vinci. I think it was Michelangelo said the greater danger for most of us is not that we aim too high and miss, but that we aim too low and we hit it. That is one of the greater dangers to me and I believe to our kids is that I remember we were in Cape Canaveral. Malibu and I have a, a huge go-up goal, right? We're in Cape Canaveral, Florida, and we watch this gal on the space shuttle, and she goes up to the International Space Station, and she's, she's aboard for six months. And Malibu looks at me, and she's probably six at the time, maybe seven, and she says, Daddy, do you think we could go on a sleepover in space sometime? And I looked at her without blinking. I said, sounds great. And the challenge often is the, we've got to expand our ability to believe. Because what, what Napoleon Hill said is, 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 is probably most quoted when it comes to the goals. Whatever the mind can conceive and believe the mind can achieve, right? That whatever the mind can achieve and believe, we can achieve. And probably even more quoted than that, right, is just this idea of Jesus said, ask, ask. And, and the audacity to, to, to reach is, is often a, a challenge uh, for, for all of us. And so one thing I would, I would even unpack or, or ask Adrian on, last year I was in Cleveland, I had the chance to re- meet the CEO of Progressive, Trisha Griffith. And Trisha is um, now in, she just won Forbes Magazine Person of the Year, a Business Person of the Year. And, and I said, Trisha, I have three daughters. What advice do you have for me with my three girls? And she had six kids, and, and, and she's a female running a 30-plus billion dollar organization. And she said, number one is to tell them to reach that on average, and, and, and I'm, I don't remember the stat exactly, but on average, she said, women will apply for jobs that they're 70 or 125% qualified for, while men will apply for jobs that they're 75% qualified for. And so on average, this, this reach gap, there's a lot of other things to, that go around that. Don't take this out of context. So I believe in America, we have a great opportunity for women to lead and to challenge themselves to lead and for us to encourage them to lead. And I, I want to just take it in this context. I know, like I said, there's a lot of other contexts uh, around empowerment of women, but what would be your thought on, on Trisha's comments? And I know you had a chance to talk with her um, as well later on. Yeah. I mean, I think this idea of reaching is I think just right away getting past the thought that it needs to be easy. Mm. things aren't easy. It's going to be challenging. It's going to be hard. So if you can just come to that reality and come to that realization, then I think it's simpler to think great thoughts. Think grand, grandiose, grandiosely. That's not a word. (laughs) Right. And that, and that, so to Adrian's point and to her idea and to what we've talked about a lot is that nothing can stop the person with the right mental attitude from achieving their goal. Nothing on earth can help the person with the wrong mental attitude. Thomas Jefferson, 
most of you have heard of him. And so the, 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 we've got to get to this uh, uh, belief system that will help us to navigate the possibility of reaching. And, and I love that you're saying that. And so we have a little motto. It's supposed to be hard. It's supposed to be hard. And, and that's okay. And that is okay. And, and that, that, that hard is often good and, and easy is often bad. Yeah, I mean, I think when I think of that, that it's supposed to be hard, it, I mean, it sounds a little cliche and it sounds a little like, oh, whatever. But when I think back to the, some of the times in my life where I have learned the most, you know, some of the times in my life where I worked on a really hard project at work and maybe I had to go in on Saturdays or um, I had to bring Malibu in one time on a Saturday, even with me to work. And those were some of the projects that I think the most fondly of now which is funny because I'm working, you know, working hard, but also that I learned the most from. Awesome. And so, you know, I think back to your, your comment before around that you just have to have that belief system. My, we, I had a director when, of the facility when I was an intern, and he used to say to us, hope is not a strategy. Right. And I love the separation of that belief, right? That hope is an important element of us being able to accomplish goals but that is not the way we're going to accomplish the goal, right? No. That is not the strategy. Those are not the steps right. that we are going to take in order to be able to hit our goal. But we have to have the hope and the belief and the open mind that we're going to be great and that we are, that we are great right now. Everyone has so many awesome characteristics and they were created in a way that is completely different than everybody else. And I love that. There is something for every single person, every one of us to add. Right. And that's that, that's that power of perspective, right? That's the power of, of being, a, being willing to be willing to say, screw everybody and what they think and what their idea might be around how I should live my life and what my mission should be. And that is, we're inundated and squeezed on that front. And, and so I totally agree. One thing I wanted to do is provide, you know, and, and this idea of perspective is, is also kind of closely with, you know, the state of mind. Adrian talked last week in the last podcast about, you know, what state of mind am I making decisions in? What state of mind am I going to be best operable in? And how can I create habits that will allow me to best, best operate in space is we will on a, on annual basis we will go away to someplace sunny and and get out of the seattle drizzle and and we will sit down at a coffee shop or someplace and we will set our our kind of annual goals and so one of the kind of ideas lately we're doing it when we're driving because we've been doing a lot of road trips in january we have heading towards the sun heading south Yep. And, and even, yeah, to, to your point, we, you know, I could have been a long haul trucker. Um, I, I, I do enjoy the drive and actually I've got the easy job, uh, Adrian's, um, management of the people in the car. Tell a quick side story. Cause I, like I said, I have ADDDD. I, um, we took a road trip to Florida and, uh, from Seattle, from Seattle with a four year old and a one year old Malibu was four Canyon was one. And we pulled a little a uh, fiberglass trailer behind us. This we'd borrowed from my parents. That we'd borrowed the scamp, <laughs> and uh, and we first stopped at the Fight Hunger Bowl, and then we went to San Diego, and then we headed east. And I drove seventy six hundred and thirty miles of that round trip trip, 
and Adrian drove 30 <laughs> and they were in Texas and I took the wheel back and felt like I wasn't that tired and I you know I tried to play it off like I got this but Adrian was pretty clear and easy to tell that really she had the tougher job <laughs> to, to, to manage the four-year-old and the one-year-old from the passenger seat and so we got back in our lanes and 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 we journeyed home but one thing we did on that trip and that we will we will do on this trip as well is we uh we will set goals when we get down into the sunshine and, and we're going to stay in the you, you you know it's somewhere in the sunshine and and we're going to set goals and um seven areas typically that we hit on and i'm looking this is this is real out of a journal from 2011. So again, it's an iteration of progress of doing this year after year after year after year after year. We first hit on uh, spiritual growth. We hit on health. We hit on family. At that time, we were doing a lot with Young Life, so it got its own category. We hit on work. But I think community, though, is really what that stems back to. I agree. Uh, we, we hit on friends and then we hit on education and finances. So that's actually, we actually had more than seven. Um, the ones that I, I certainly, like Adrian said, relational, spiritual, right? Your craft, whatever your occupation is, your family. Um, I think finances is the number one cause of divorce still in America today is fighting over money. I think it's vitally important to get on the same page with your money one of the greatest books that ever uh, came across my desk uh, was our pastor in 2007 um, said you should get this book called Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. Uh, he said, if you can't afford to buy this book, I'll buy it for you. And of course, I promptly put it on my credit card and uh, which Dave highly <laughs> discourages. And, and so and we'll talk about some of those some of those pain points, too, that oftentimes goals can be set, like I was just describing, they can be set in the darkest of settings. One of the books on perspective that I want to throw out as well is a book called A Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. And it, just, just check it out if you get a chance. It's a pretty easy read. But it, it provided me, and I've read it a couple times in, in seasons of goal setting, and, and I'll, I'll probably do that again this year. It provided me with a perspective that allowed me to to set goals that would allow for some reach. But I'll still look back to the goals I set in 2000, and I'll sit with a kid who's 20 or 22 or 24 or 28, and I'll say, you can't set big enough goals. Like, you can't dream big enough. And I'll say, well, what do you mean? And I'll say, I know from wisdom and experience of watching people set goals, watching people track their goals, watching people achieve their goals, myself learning to fly last year, checking off basically the last tangible goal with the exception of always help family, always. That was on my goal list. And that's a perpetual goal that I'm, I want to always help family, always. Um, I, I felt a sense of, man, I, I didn't know that that could happen quite as quick as it did. And so I've set some more longevity goals, uh, legacy style goals that, 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 that'll continue to fuel me into the day forward. So, you know, when we look at things, Adrian talks about tracking, right? So family, this is 2011. So our, our goals are, are going to be slightly different, but they'll probably be similar as well. We wanted to do a monthly date night. We wanted to have a family home night weekly. 
we wanted to have mom over a couple of times. Assume that means my mom. We wanted to have dinner with Lan and Gare monthly. You know, if I go to if I go to work, uh, Adrian wanted to to have lunch with mentors, and she wanted to to mentee somebody professionally. By the way, let me step back. Adrian achieves these things like in May. If it's it, I mean, she it, it's stupid. It just I'm, means I'm not pushing hard enough. My, my goals aren't hard enough. So so here you go. You got to reach my my. I'm always just trying to make it down the stretch. Adrian has these things done by May. That's not true. He's being kind. <laughs> she usually does. And so what's fun about that is is you, you can hear two perspectives. I'm probably more of the, the dreamer in the family. And, and Adrian would say, she, you know, she's more practical. I mean, in her approach, in her career and what she does, she has to bring it from 25,000 feet down to the ground level and to have it be measurable across you know, all scope of control. And, and so in, in not that in my world, it, it doesn't need to be measurable and I don't need to be held accountable. Um, but that's one of the things that I think is fun. The, uh, the thing we really, that I really want to hit on is this idea of the guarantee of resistance. Like it, this is, I'm just going to throw out there, like you've got to have goals. You have to have goals. If you don't have goals or if you don't believe that goal setting is worth doing, then shut this podcast off. Send me a note that says you're crazy and get on with it. I'm okay with that because I want to have a community on this point that believes in the possibilities. I want to form that belief in the possibility. And I love you, by the way, if you're like, hey, don't want to do it. Don't want to set goals. Don't want to write down. You know why? And here's, here's, here's why. You don't want to do it because you don't want to fail. You are afraid to fail. And I'm just going to go straight at the absolute truth of the matter is, is that you care more about what people think about you and what you set as a goal or your esteem is based on your performance. And it's, it's crap. So set goals. We've got to have goals. So from there, from there, we're going to face resistance. And, and so now what I want to talk about is the mentality that it takes to win, which I believe is one of the four things that I want my kids to have when they're 18. I want them to know how to win. You have to know how to win. And I'm not talking about win against the other guy. I'm talking about winning against yourself and what you set out to do. You have to know how to win and overcome the mind that's going to tell you, it's okay. You, you don't need to, to show up today. It's okay. You don't need to put in the workout because the, the, the thing was closed. It's okay. You don't need to to put in the effort on this point. We, we can try to do it tomorrow. The, 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 the mind will, yeah, I heard a guy, David Goggins, I talked about him a couple weeks ago. He talked about how the mind has a tactical advantage. The mind has a tactical advantage because it's with us all the time and it'll show up at a moment it, on time every time. And it, it will say, it's okay to quit. It'll say, it's okay to give up your goal. It's okay to, 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 to let that goal go. Be flexible to the route. I talk about a lot, but never be flexible to the goal. So Da Vinci said this, obstacles cannot crush me. Every obstacle yields to stern resolve. He who is fixed to a star does not change his mind. Mission. What's your mission, right? What's your mission? And, and, and that is so important when setting goals to make sure that they align with your mission. I remember back in 
that road trip that we talked about a little earlier, mm-hmm. uh, we drove to Florida for a purpose of running a marathon. A marathon was on my goal sheet for 14 years at that time. And Adrian got an invite from the vice president of the company saying, hey, if you guys go, we'll, we'll pay your entry or whatever, and you can run in the Disney World Marathon. So again, flexible to the route. Opportunity shows up, marathon's on my goal list, let's go. Now, we'll talk about preparation and maybe another podcast more fully. I did not put in adequate preparation. I, the, farthest I had, <laughs> the farthest I had run was 15.5 miles, and that was in San Antonio. And, and how long's a marathon, honey? 26.2. And that <laughs> point two, to anybody listening who hasn't run a marathon, that point two is longer than you think. Okay, so 26.2. And we run in this Disney World Marathon. The happiest run on earth. It's supposed to be the happiest run on earth. And for the first 13 or 14 miles, and, and I was supposed to step back. I'm playing in a Turkey Bowl football game. I'm supposed to run the Seattle half as part of my training. I pull a muscle in that area called your growing and I and I pull it throwing a ball by the way it was a touchdown but it put me out of commission for three weeks so we're running on January 12th that was Thanksgiving I don't have any training runs you know until the third week of December and we're going to run a marathon on January 12th I'm not telling this story to show you how to prepare for something because it's a lousy from that perspective but my goal my stated goal was to run a marathon and complete a marathon. And so we're down there and it mile, it was the happiest run until, uh, you know, about mile 17 for me. And I'll talk about that in a second, but at mile 14, they allow you to stop and ride a roller coaster if you would like. And, and if you are trained and not wearing like a, I'm wearing a cotton young life Malibu <laughs> t-shirt. Like, I mean, it is the, I'm, I'm equipped with, you know, those little jogger, like, uh, you know, like the basketball sports basketball shorts. shorts. I'm running in, in these just regular tennis shoes. I mean, I was not prepared to, to run a marathon. However, we get to mile 14 and, and, and we're running a marathon and it starts at 5.30 in the morning. It's humid as all can get out. And, and you know, all those things we couldn't coolly and adequately prepare for. Adrian's like, it's like a walk in the park for her. But at the end of the day, it's she- It's not a walk in the park. A marathon is a long ways. Yeah, she, she, she's humble. Okay, so- I get to mile 14 and we ride this roller coaster. She thinks it'll be great. We'll get a picture. We get to ride the roller coaster. Do you remember that? It was that? great. There was no lines. It was awesome. They it, let us ride on. It was it, so fun. It, it, it took a few <laughs> minutes. We got a chance to take a picture, which is awesome. And, and that is the moment I look at too, is mile 14. I was, it was happy and I was excited and we're still in, we're in the happiest place on earth and we're running a marathon. Mile 17, my body, people talk about the wall. Everything in my body hurt at mile 17. And, and people go, oh, you got you to get through the wall. There was no real getting through the wall for me until maybe mile 25. And at that point, it was really kind of I was on this hope and prayer that the good Lord would just take me. <laughs> and, and I think that God gave me grace in that moment. But I would go, we would go he by. He just the, wasn't giving up. That's the thing. we'd go by the medical tent and I would look at the folks who had tapped out. I'd looked and they would be getting rubbed down. They'd have a snack in their hand and and they, you know, they were like, darn it. I didn't make it, but shoot, I feel better now. They're probably injured. 
and they probably had injuries and I'm, I'm not going to say they were quitters. Uh, they were probably injured and they could not physically go anymore. I'm going to say that everybody was probably not that way actually. And, and so my mind was just consistently going, keep going, keep going, keep going. And, and this, this old uh, video, if you get a chance to watch it, I think it's, it's a, uh, it's awesome. And some of you may have seen this. Will Smith is, is interviewed on channel nine uh, notoriously. And, and he says this, he says, the one thing that is uniquely different about me than most everybody I know, he says to the interviewer, I am not afraid to die on a treadmill. The guy goes, so you won't be outworked. He goes, absolutely not. He goes, you might have me in nine out of 10 categories. You might be smarter than me, more money than me, more talented than me, better looking than me. Nine out of 10 categories, you may have me. He said, but if you get on a treadmill next to me, one of two things is going to happen. Either you're going to get off first or I'm going to die. It's that simple. And, and when we talk about mission and purpose, taking a line that into that, that story, right? Taking a line, a purpose or a why that's sufficient and, and big enough for you to go through any obstacle. I heard a guy once tell a story about a $20 bill and, and they're on a burning building. There's, you know, um, or sorry, before they're on the burning building, there's just two buildings. It's 70 stories up. And there's a little gateway that walks between the two buildings. And the guy says, I'll give you $20 if you walk to that other building. And it's just a tiny gateway, no rails. It's up 70 stories or whatever. And the guy's like, no. And he said, well, well imagine this. If that building over there was burning and your kids were on the roof looking for help, would you need $20 to go? And the guy's like, no, I would go. And, and so it, it comes back to we've got to align our goals to the sufficiency of, of what our mission is in a way that has integrity. And, and I would submit that somewhere in between, Adrian's saying I need to reach, but it's probably somewhere in between. Adrian's got great integrity and understands that when you set goals and when she sets goals, she has total integrity around the goals that she's setting and the purpose in which she's setting them for. It's either, like she said, family, health, spiritual growth, education, and all these things will lead her to her purpose, which she's already kind of highlighted to everybody earlier. And, and so my encouragement is, is how can we in any way, shape, or form encourage, and we will do this certainly in social media and, and in ways that we can, anybody that we can, anywhere, encourage you to persist through mile 18, mile 19, and mile 20, and mile 21. And, and, and really look, I really believe this, look, into, look for opportunities to develop this type of mental toughness. I'm not proud, but I've done this, okay? I, I would go to the YMCA and I would look up and down the treadmills. And, and you could do this. This could be a fun little activity. <laughs> Look up and down the treadmill and, and audit who is there. And tell yourself that I will not stop moving on this treadmill until everybody has, has left. And I had to give this up when I was next to a lady who was training for a marathon. It's probably 2012. And she's training for a marathon and it caused me to be late and Adrian to be bummed. And the excuse that I had to stay on the treadmill past this lady was insufficient uh, for me to keep doing that activity. 
But I did outlast her, and she must have known. I mean, you're resetting after every hour on a treadmill, by the way. You have to hit another hour to go more. And, and so now I've moved my, my activity of this development to the sauna, where I will look around the sauna. Now when people, if they see me at 24-hour fitness, and I'll test you, we'll test each other in this, and it'll be great. I'll sit in the sauna until everybody who is in the sauna has left, and then I will jump into the pool, which gives your body a total shock, and, and it provides this window that, of, of possibilities that I think very few people get access to. I, and I get it. People will say, this sounds crazy. Okay. Have you seen the Navy SEAL training? Why? Why do they endure such hardship when they train to be a Navy SEAL? Because the mission matters so much that we need the best of the best to be ready to go at the drop of the hat to execute in space on behalf of the United States of America, which by the way is a great mission. It turned everything upside down when we organized in that fashion back when we did a couple hundred plus years ago. And, and, and that's why they go through what they go through because they need people to be able to set an objective, right? A mission, which is this military speak now, to set an objective, to set a mission, and to do whatever it takes to accomplish it. So this idea of goal setting and setting targets and doing what it takes, finding a way, you know, I say do what it takes, find a way, do what it takes, find a way, do what it takes, find a way, is not, a th- it's not just some theory. It's, it's something that we develop intentionally, first in ourselves and then in our team, so that we have a culture of achievement, which is by far a better result than a culture of unachievement. Yeah. I mean, there are a million different ways that you could set a goal, right? There's going to be a lot of different philosophies on how to do it. There's the smart technique. Is it, is it specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, time bound? There's just a million different journals and things to write down. There's ways to do this. Oh, you don't, it doesn't matter which way you do it as long as you do it. Right. Just create a goal, write it down. What's and your everybody little word will find you say? Pen, pen to paper. <laughs> yeah, on paper, on purpose. <laughs> on right? paper, on purpose. On paper, on purpose. And, and, and Adrian's point is so well taken that I believe goal setting is, is, can be individualized as well. Just as we, we individualize our mission, and there's not just a four or five bullet points to, to how do setting goals work for you, but setting goals is the goal, Right. Yeah, I mean, and if you need help getting started, like that is great. Do some research on what are some other people's techniques on how to do it. Um, We like to do family goals at the beginning of the year, like John had shared. So we like to do that. But you really need to set goals to what's, you know, your mission. Figure out what your mission is and identify what are those goals that you need to work on. Be audacious. Dream big. Set those big, hairy, audacious goals, those huge ones. So then you can say, okay, from that huge one, what is a step I can take today to get me towards that, towards that goal? Yeah. And, and write it down. And and again, I can't iterate it enough. Psychologists and smarter people than me, they they would tell you all about what what it does to, to the metaphysical nature of of the actual written goal. And and that's all great. I I just know like when I drop the pen, it hits the ground and it doesn't fly in the air. I know Mm -hmm. that if you set goals on paper, on purpose, which means on mission, if you set goals on paper on purpose, you give yourself a great opportunity 
for success and that you not that you're going to be successful per se. What happens is remember that second stat is you free yourself up to be of use to those things that matter to you most where, where, where it's an awesome synergy that happens on the back end of goal setting. People think, well, oh, man, that's selfish to set goals. Well, then you didn't hear the front end of this podcast. It's actually the most, one of the most selfless things that you can do is set goals and learn how to win and achieve so that you can be in position to help others. Nobody who doesn't achieve and isn't in position to help is called upon at the time of need, right? That's, that's why they're, they're the Navy SEALs, because they're the best, right? And, and so let's all reach in our own space and our own mission to, to be the best at what our mission is and, and watch that manifestation, like we've talked about in the, in the first podcast, that manifestation of possibilities and a lift to the suffering of the world, man, that will be awesome to see. Yeah, and okay, it's the new year, right? Like we had touched at the beginning, you have a new sense of excitement. And I would say run with that, grab that sense of right. excitement and do it now, do it today. Write yeah. down your goals today. And I just wanna, I just want to share, you are doing a great job. No matter what you're doing right now, you are doing an awesome job. You are an awesome mom. You are an awesome dad. You are a great friend. Be excited. Be encouraged about who you are. You are a great, amazing person that was created on purpose. So now create some goals. Absolutely. Absolutely. Totally agree. You matter. This matters. And, and, and it doesn't matter where you're starting from. It does not matter how bad it seems or how good it seems, it doesn't matter where we're starting from. This will be an amazing experience for us all into this new year. Share your goals with us. We'd love that. Yeah. So find us on, you can find us on Instagram. We're both on Instagram. Um, and then you, and you can make a comment on iTunes or yep. YouTube. Uh, make a comment, share your goals with us. We want to hear them. And we'll respond and we will, we will, we will, we will respond and we will, we will encourage you in, in that endeavor. And, and sometimes it, it just comes down to having somebody in your corner. And, and we absolutely uh, want to avail ourselves in any way we can to be in your corner. For sure. All right, let's hit our top, our top four. John, what's our quote of the week? So quote of the week is going to come from, we, we've already hit on it, whatever the mind can conceive and believe, it can achieve. Whatever the mind can conceive and believe, it can achieve. Napoleon Hill. That's awesome. Okay, I've got our kid quote of the week. So this comes from Malibu. Again, it seems like a lot of our quotes are coming from Malibu lately. She's insightful. <laughs> okay, so we're at breakfast the other day and um, we had a friend with us at breakfast. And so we were at breakfast after church and the friend asked if we could stop and get donuts after breakfast. And John said, they had ordered a lot of food. And John said, if you guys eat everything on this table, then we'll stop and get donuts. And she says, the friend says, do you promise? And Malibu and John said, John said, I don't have to answer that. And John said, yeah, for sure. If there's one thing I know about my dad, he never lies. Mm. And I love that because I think she's already seeing this integrity that John has been talking about around yourself you're being and you have integrity around yourself integrity around what you think is important and then you're actually living it out and she's seeing that and that's really cool it's awesome all right what are you loving 
Well, I'm loving the new year. I'm loving the possibilities. I'm loving the the idea of 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 going from here into the new year with 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 a blank slate. Uh, I, I really every year I am a guy who who likes to mark the end of the year and the beginning of the year and look at 2019 and and I believe you know 2019 is going to be and this is going to be something that that I'm 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 continuing to work toward loving but I'm loving discipline. I'm going to love nice. discipline in 2019. Nice. Um all right, I am loving our production crew, Fireland Filmworks. Um I am loving them. They Me just too. our ability to be able to screw up and have our kids run in saying loud inappropriate things and he just cuts it all out for us and it's awesome. And it sounds way better <laughs> than it ever could. I totally agree. Yeah, so fun. Okay, and what are you learning? You know, we, we last week we talked about habits and so I, I, I picked up a book called The Power of Habit and, and I highly recommend it. Uh, it's called The Power of Habit. I'm going to look up who the author is. Uh, Charles... Duhigg, D-U-H-I-G-G. Sorry, Charles, if I didn't get that right. Charles Duhigg, uh, The Power of Habit. It is really um, reinforcing some thoughts and ideas that I had about both good habits and bad habits and kind of the science behind how to to break and change and move yourself forward in habits. And so um, The Power of Habit, the book. Get it. <laughs> uh, okay. And I am learning just the power of community. So this, we're already building this little online community from you guys that are listening to our podcast and it's so new. And I didn't really realize that you can have, I don't know. I just didn't really think about the fact that you could have community right online. I we're guess. so new to this. It's, yes. Yeah. And so it's well. so fun to be able to see that people are commenting and we're having real conversations with each other and we're encouraging each other. And I don't know, I love, I love that. So I'm learning about what that looks like and it's been really fun for me. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for being with us uh, again. Got to have goals, got to set goals. Um, we look forward to, to continuing on this love the process journey with you. Thanks friends. Have a great week. Thank you. Special thanks to our production crew, Fireland Filmworks and our photographer, the Morgan Taylor. Thanks so much for listening to the Love the Process podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Instagram, and YouTube. Please subscribe, share, comment, and follow along on our journey of loving the process. Let's go!